back to the Battleborn Leafs podcast. I'm your host as always, Joshua Anselmo, here to talk to you guys today about your favorite team in the NHL, your Toronto Maple Leafs. Today is a solo episode as I'm giving you my initial reaction to day one of free agency and uh, the moves that the Toronto Maple Leafs did uh, yesterday. You know, there wasn't a ton of craziness um, in terms of pieces the Leafs brought in. There was more depth and uh, high upside moves, but uh, they certainly lost a lot of talent from last year's team. You know, a lot of players that were in key situations, key roles with the Leafs um, that ensured them to their franchise best regular season. So it's definitely going to be a bit of a tougher episode to talk about because, you know, it's a little bit frustrating and stuff like that. But uh, let's get started here with the players the Leafs lost yesterday and starting off with the main one, and that is Jack Campbell. Now, Jack Campbell, you know, he is very well loved in Leafs Nation's eyes. Um, you know, he had that second half fall off, which was kind of, uh, you know, extremely out of the ordinary. I don't think anybody could have predicted a fall off that hard. I know myself, I certainly didn't expect Jack Campbell to go from being, you know, a top class 940 save percentage goaltender, uh, you know, being in the all-star game, representing the Atlantic, and then just completely falling off like a roller coaster. Um, to a save percentage in the 800s. And then, you know, he was battling that rib injury, comes into the playoffs, and, you know, he looks real good against Tampa Bay. He had a lot of good performances. He had that one outing in game four that didn't go his way. But other than that, he was a real solid goaltender for the blue and white. And it definitely hurts to see him go. You know, I, I'm wishing him the best in Edmonton. Edmonton's a team that's on the rise. Um, you know, they're making a lot of moves. They have Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, um, tons of young pieces there as well that they can build around. The Edmonton Oilers are going to be a good team for a long time uh, if they can play their cards right. Obviously, there's a lot of uncertainty in the air with what happens with Mike Smith and his decision, but it looks like they're going to have a tandem of Jack Campbell and Stuart Skinner. So, you know, two good goaltenders for next season, and I think they're already on the track to getting better than what they were last year, and they already made it to the conference finals. Uh, so, you know, that's something to look forward to for Jack He's, you know, definitely a player that it's so hard to describe because his era in Toronto sounds like he was playing here forever, like he was drafted here. This is his home, but it was only a couple seasons uh, when he was acquired from the LA Kings. But that just goes to show you how good of a person he is, how much the media loves him, how much his, you know, his teammates loved him. Like, he is very well loved by his teammates. You know, I watched that Mitch Marner interview, I think it was on breakfast television, and he talked about jack campbell a couple days ago before jack signed with edmonton and he said he's like you know we would love to have him back all that stuff but he said he's like some team is gonna get you know a real good person and you know i'm obviously paraphrasing that i remember the exact words but that just goes to show me that you know jack campbell is as good of a person as we see in the media um to his teammates and you can tell everybody that talks about him just raves about him and it's all positive my personal encounters with him as well, I can agree with this. He is the nicest person, always willing to talk to fans. He doesn't brush you away. He doesn't try and speed things up. He always takes his time to talk to you. And 
you know, Edmonton Oilers fans are certainly going to love this guy, and I'm wishing him the best. And, you know, I'm still going to root for him. Uh, might be a potential fantasy selection for me. Um, but, you know, wishing Jack the best. I think he's going to kill in Edmonton. And good for him on, you know, getting a, a nice contract with a lot of, uh, you know, flexibility. Um, and, you know, five times five at his age is very nice. So on the personal aspect of life, good on Jack, and I wish him the absolute best. Then the second, you know, I think biggest loss is probably Ilya Mikheyev signing with the Vancouver Canucks. Um, Mikheyev got just over four million, closer to five. It's an interesting contract here from Vancouver. Obviously, the Canucks are looking to add some speed. You know, Patrick Alvin, the GM of the Vancouver Canucks, and his partner Jim Rutherford. Uh, what they did in Pittsburgh was kind of build their Stanley Cup teams off speed and. You know, a mix of uh, superstar talent and just guys that are really good at playing their role. Similar to what we saw this year with the Avalanche, actually. But, um, you know, so they went out. They paid McKay have a very, very um, nice contract. Uh, I don't know if I love it from the business side of things. It could come back to haunt you. You know, McKay has had some injury problems. He's also had times where he's had a lot of high danger chances that he hasn't been able to finish. So there's definitely a risk reward here. But... You know, what he's able to bring you on the penalty kill, and he can play in that top nine forward slot. You can put him on your first line, down your third line. He brings a ton of speed. He's a goal-scoring threat. I think he's a clear 20-goal scorer. So the way the wingers have been paid this year in free agency, like the winger market, I think it's, I guess, fair. But, um, you know, I think there's a lot of risk here from uh, the Vancouver Canucks, and I don't know if I love this move here. But wishing Mikheyev the best. Um, you know, he was a good player here he he was the initial soup um, when he first came to Toronto, but it's definitely going to be a little bit weird not seeing Ilya Mikheyev uh, playing a Leafs uniform and seeing him with a different NHL team now. But uh, yeah, you know this was this was a move that you knew was going to happen for years now. Mikheyev has been you know rumored to be on his way out. There was the rumors last year that he requested a trade, so Mikheyev was always you know, looking like his time in Toronto was coming to an end, but now it finally happened and he signs with Vancouver. So interesting to see him sign with another Canadian franchise. I thought he would have went to the United States, to be honest, you know, a lesser market that probably would have gave him maybe a little bit more, but he signs with the Vancouver Canucks and Vancouver. I kind of like what they're doing over there. Patrick Alvin is a really good GM. So, you know, I think Vancouver's on a pathway to better success than what they had this year for sure. Then the next loss that the Leafs had yesterday, Andre Kasha signs with the Carolina Hurricanes. Kasha, you know, he wasn't fantastic. He looked like he was starting to get, to get back to his old form. Credit to the Leafs management on that one. But injuries just really hurt his season. And he didn't really catch a break. He only played in a selected amount of games. I think he played 50 games in total. Um, he was a player that I think had more potential. Uh, I would have liked to see him play on the top line with Austin Matthews a little bit more and Michael Bunting to spread out the depth. I would have loved to see him come back to this Leafs team, but unfortunately things didn't go that way. And uh, he heads to Carolina on uh, a one-year deal. So credit to um, Andre Kasha because, you know, I was really high on Kasha last year when they signed him. But obviously the injury-riddled season uh, definitely hurt his values so at least move on there they don't really have the financial flexibility to you know match that so i guess he decides to go to carolina 
Then after that, the Leafs lost forward Colin Blackwell. He signed a two-year deal with the Chicago Blackhawks at a $1.2 million AAV. Blackwell, you know, he came over to Toronto, played in 19 games, only three points, two goals, one assist. He played, you know, particularly bottom six minutes. Um, he did get a shot with Tavares on the line at some point, but he really never found his game here in Toronto offensively. He did a, a really good job defensively and, you know, playing on a line with Spezza. But, you know, I would have liked to see him come back. I think he brought a good energy to the bottom six, despite the team wanting to get younger down there. I think, you know, the lack of his offensive production, but still what he's able to bring in terms of physicality, even as a smaller guy, it sucks to lose him. And, you know, I wish him the best with the Chicago Blackhawks. Obviously, you know, that franchise isn't in the best state right now. They're currently blowing it up, but they did spend some money yesterday in terms of uh, free agencies uh, signing. So credit to him and whatever that team is going to look like next year, I really don't know how to tell. I know a lot of people think that they're going to be tanking and absolutely be at the bottom, but uh, I think, you know, that culture they have in Chicago is definitely going to keep them at least a little bit competitive more than we what we've seen from teams like the Arizona Coyotes and so forth. Then with that, the Leafs also lost defenseman Ilya Labushkin, who signs with the Buffalo Sabres. Bush is a guy that, remember, these first episodes of the podcast in like September, October, was a guy who was always targeting for Leaf trades. And it finally happens. Calgary was pulled the trigger, moving Nick Ritchie's contract. Labushkin came in. I, I'm a big Bush believer. I like that he was on the top line with Morgan Riley. He's played with some of the best uh, defensemen in the league. And, you know, he gets his shot uh, with uh, the Buffalo Sabres now to play, uh, you know, probably particularly high on a high pairing as well in Buffalo. But, you know, it definitely sucks to lose him. He's a top end, He's a top pairing defenseman, sorry. Um, when he's at his best, he's obviously a shutdown guy. He's very flexible in terms of where you can put him in the order. You can put him on the third pairing as well if you want to give him a bit more, you know, space to roam and play more his game instead of a structured defensive-based game. Obviously, that's what he strives with. But, you know, I just think that if you're a team like the Buffalo Sabres that has a Rasmus Dahlin, I would not be afraid to put Rasmus Dahlin and Labushkin together on the top pairing because, you know, Dahlin is just elite. And uh, he definitely has the skating to make up for Labushkin's uh, mobility. So, you know, I think that's a good mix together. They get the sandpaper from Labushkin. You know, a right-hand defenseman is a very hot commodity in the NHL. They're, you know, a very coveted, a coveted asset, sorry. And a one, like a, a right-hand defenseman that's physical like Labushkin uh, is definitely something that hurts to give up on. But I just don't think the Leafs were ever close to keeping him. Uh, he got, you know, a nice pay from the Buffalo Sabres on a shorter term contract. So I don't think that the Leafs were able to afford what Bush can, uh, you know, bring to the lineup. I don't think his services could have been kept here, unfortunately. But with that, let's go to who the Leafs brought in yesterday. This is the more fun part, you know, enough about the players the Leafs lost. Now it's time to talk about the good stuff. The players that the Maple Leafs have brought in for next season. And what better way to start off than... The move they made in goal for Ilya Samsonov. Ilya Samsonov, 25-year-old goaltender, played last year with the Washington Capitals. Um, you know, I'm going to dive into his advanced analytics in a second, but, you know, he has some tangibles that you really like to see. I think he's a very mobile goaltender. He's still really young. He's still got raw um, develop. Like, he's still a raw goaltender, I think. To, he, I think he could be a very capable NHL goaltender. I did not think the Leafs were going to be able to sign. 
uh, Ilya Samsonov. I thought, you know, any team that had a bit more financial flexibility would have paid Samsonov a little bit more than 1.8 million AAV for one season. I think they would have given him term as well because the upside is certainly here. And the fact that the Leafs were able to sign Samsonov at 1.8 million and then also add a guy like Matt Murray. So now you have two capable starting goaltenders. Um, you know, th- this is a nice tandem you got here, despite Murray's contract. I know that's a, that's a hot topic and there's a lot of disagreement with Kyle's move for that. But, you know, Ilya Samsonov in his career so far, 89 games played. He has 52 wins, 22 losses, eight overtime losses, a 281 goals against average, and a 902 save percentage. He is a good goaltender. He's drafted in the first round in 2015, 22nd overall pick. A very mobile guy. He's a taller goalie as well, similar to Murray in that aspect. He's 6'3". There's been some lapses with the Washington Capitals. You know, he was always given that opportunity to become the number one there in Washington. It just never really, you know, filtered out and never came through. And um, he found his way into free agency as the Capitals decided to go with Darcy Kemper. But uh, Sam Sonov, I think, is a guy that has tons of potential along with his goaltending partner. So, you know, Sam Sonov, I'm very excited about this move. I think there's a lot here that you're going to like. And, um, you know, looking at his advanced numbers here now, 30% war according to Jay Fresh Hockey. Um, you know, he's consistent. His consistency is at 84%, which is in blue. But after that, it, it, like, there's not a lot of advanced numbers here that point to success last season, which is obvious. In low danger chances, he has a 7%. Um, medium danger, 48%, which is not bad. That's kind of mid, like midterm. Uh, high danger, 19%, not good. Um, his even strength war, so on 5v5 plays, only 26%. Uh, his quality starts, he's 15%, so not very good in red. Excellent starts, only 10%. Very red, not good. Bad starts, 55%, which is kind of mediocre as well in the middle rebound control has what's really hurt him in this league and um you know it's at one percent per j fresh his rebound control if the leafs are able to clean that up and make him more of a quieter calmer goaltender similar to what you know curtis sanford has done with demco and his other young goaltenders that he's worked with mikey di pietro if you look at the vancouver system if he's able to kind of harness the risks that he gives up the high danger chances is you know the rebound control is you know at, at least mediocre to an nhl goaltender i think you're, you're going to see some real success here i don't think he's um what he's playing up to right now i think like i said i still think he's raw in his development so if the Leafs are just able to tidy up his rebound control make him a little bit more calm he likes to move around in the crease he's very active uh plays an aggressive game as a goaltender always play at the top of his crease. If he can just kind of calm it down a bit and just dial it in and just let the play come to him instead of trying to bring the play um, and force it, you know, with some sprackless save, I think if he can just stay calm and collect it, I think you're going to have a nice goaltender here. And I think we might have that conversation after this year and how, you know, the Leafs are going to be able to keep him because I think this is a mutual agreement that, you know, why not take a flyer on him? And I think Samsonov knows that if he can play well here, uh, this is probably his best opportunity at another long-term contract with some financial flexibility. So, Sam Sonov, I'm really excited for this move. Like I said, he's 25 years old, so 
still a lot to work on in his game. And, you know, a thing with goaltenders is they always get better as they get older, a lot more experience. I think that's the position that matters most in terms of experience is goaltending in the NHL. So Sam Sonov is a guy I'm really excited to see how he does here in the blue and white. Then after Ilya Samsonov, the Leafs reached an agreement with Nicholas Abe-Kubel, formerly of the Colorado Avalanche. Abe-Kubel is a very interesting player. Um, you know, he was the one that dented the Stanley Cup when he fell over or on that slide um, when uh, they were doing the cup pictures for the Colorado Avalanche. And, you know, he was particularly in the bottom six, fourth line uh, forward, um, Never got anything other than 5v5 minutes. He plays the right side, so he's a right winger. So that's where I expected him to see him with the Leafs. In 74 games last season, he had 11 goals, 12 assists for 23 points in 9 minutes and 49 seconds average ice time per game. Um, you know, not bad numbers for a bottom six guy. Uh, 23 points um, in 74 games. Obviously, you're hoping for a little bit more production out of that, uh, out of him here in Toronto. Obviously, you know, he's going to get a chance here with pieces like Andre Kasha and Mikheyev exiting and Blackwell too. So I certainly expect him to be in the NHL lineup for the opening night. Um, but Abe Kubel is a very straight line forward. He can play the two-way game very well. He's got some good speed. Uh, Sheldon Keefe said that he believes, uh, sorry, Kyle Dubas said that, um, you know, Sheldon Keefe identified Abe Kubel as someone who can fill the void in the role that Mikheyev leaves behind. Uh, you know, he only started at 38% of faceoffs in the offensive zone last season, 22 points, uh, at 23 points, sorry, at 5v5 ice time. So, um, you know, that's something to look out for. I think Albe Kubel can definitely have more production here offensively. I like this move. I think he can fit well with a center like David Camp. Uh, who's going to be the fourth line center is going to be very interesting. I'm about to touch on a name in a sec after this, but. You know, I think him and David Camp on a line with possibly Pierre Engvall can bring you a real nice defensive first line. And um, if you have a line like that in a playoff series, I think you're going to have success. So obviously everything this year, we're just looking towards the playoffs again after last season, not being able to make it out of round one. So I have, you know, confidence in this move. I think Albe Kubel is a good player coming off winning the Stanley Cup as well. So you can bring that pedigree here. Um, and I really like the Leafs surrounding themselves with, you know, Stanley Cup champions in the past, like Matt Murray, two-time cup winner, and now Albe Kubel coming off just winning a cup. So I like that kind of mindset to bring it into the team, and uh, I think that's going to work out for the better. So, you know, Kyle Lewis has been heavily criticized today, but I think this is a good move. It's on an affordable contract, and I certainly think this is an upgrade to your bottom six. Now, the next player the Leafs brought in is a very interesting player in Adam Gaudet. And Gaudet is, you know, obviously not what I think the Vancouver fans were planning on. Um, he's had some ups and downs, ebbs and flows for sure. Uh, you know, he got traded to the Blackhawks organization. Um, it really kind of derailed his career after the, the initial trade from Vancouver. Um, it, like, it's tough. You know, Highmore going the other way. And his NHL career so far in 218 games, he has 27 goals, 43 assists for 70 points on a minus 37, but um, we can ignore the minus 37. But if you look at his his initial stats, when he first came into the league with the Vancouver Canucks, um, his first season was in 2017-18. He went five games, no points. In 2018-19, in 56 games, he had 12 points, five goals, seven assists. But in 2020 is kind of where he had his 
best season in 59 games played. He had 33 points, 12 goals, 21 assists. He was minus seven uh, in 2020, sorry, in 33 games with Vancouver, four goals, three assists, um, seven points, then gets traded to Chicago at the deadline. Seven games played, one goal, three assists for four points. Um, last year with Chicago, sorry, last year with Ottawa in 50 games, four goals, eight assists for 12 points. Uh, so definitely something to keep an eye on. Adam Gaudet is a very interesting player. I think he, you know, Kyle Dubas talked a lot about, you know, they made this signing. It's a high risk sign, uh, sorry, a high upside signing for sure. Um, they were watching, I think he mentioned it was the world championships. Um, and he saw Gaudet's confidence and his ability and how he played in that tournament. And I guess that led them to believing that, you know, he's probably in his best form right now. Kyle talked about him battling an illness where, you know, he lost a lot of weight earlier on in his NHL career and he really struggled to find his play ever since. And uh, Kyle said he looked like a lot, a lot more confident uh, playing with the U.S. team. And uh, I guess they took that chance. He can play the center position. I think he is probably the likely uh, guy for the fourth line center spot to replace Jason Spezza. Obviously, the Leafs need a right-handed centerman because of the top three uh, centermen on this team are left-handed so it doesn't hurt to have our right hand uh, centerman able to take draws but uh, you know Gaudet is a player that I'm not like really sold on I think he um, is that fringe NHL player I don't know how I feel about him maintaining the fourth line center spot uh, the whole season if this team is trying to compete for Stanley Cup I wouldn't mind seeing him play on the right wing maybe potentially but uh, you know it's going to be interesting for sure um it's tough because Gaudet, like you can tell, like this is a move that I wasn't really thrilled about. And I'm a heavily, heavy analytics guy. And this is basically the reason why I was not really thrilled with this move. Cause you look at his analytics, his projected war is 4%, 4%, like four, literally four. It's in like bright red. I'll be Kubel's was 40%, but Adam got at 4%. Um, even strength offense, 10% in red, not good at all. Even strength defense in red, 13%, not good at all. Finishing, 24% in red, not good. Goals per 60, 24%, not good. Uh, assist per 60, 28%, not good. Um, you know, his, like this is not a great look at Adam Gaudet, obviously, because, you know, we, we're talking about a guy that, was battling an illness and obviously you got to take that in consideration moving around with you know a couple teams that weren't so good in the Chicago Blackhawks and the Ottawa Senators even the Vancouver Canucks weren't good when he was still playing so he hasn't really got the chance to play on a real contender or a playoff team obviously he's a center um you know preferably he can play the right wing though so I I would prefer to see him on the right wing uh you know given the way he plays um but he's got some good speed to him he's a taller player uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what he can bring to Leafs training camp. I don't think his his spot on the team is a lock at all, but uh, I would definitely be interested to see uh, what he can do here. Getting a shot now with a team that's actually you know trying to compete and trying to win um, because he hasn't really got that opportunity yet, and I'm happy for him on that standpoint. But um, you know, I think right now the signing of the day is clearly Albe Kubel. It's a low risk signing, uh, a million for one year. But even the Samsonov one too, right? At $1.8 million, a guy like Samsonov, 25 years old, a new goaltending department here in Toronto. 
this is a potential value move here. Even, um, you know, the door's open to pay him again next year as well. This isn't like they're walking into a bad contract at all. Obviously, you know, we're probably into the same situation as we did next year here. But, you know, I think the Campbell, I'm sorry, I think the Samsonov move is, um, you know, a solid replacement for Jack Campbell in terms of tandem wise. Because now he's going to be splitting with Matt Murray. And I think those are two, t- you know, top goalie options on the market this year you know how shallow the market was i I do believe that matt murray and sam sonov are definitely amongst the top uh that we're going to be talking about in a couple years from now i think you know just the options unless you're trading for a john gibson or you know a top goaltender in the league i I think those options you know you look at guys that got signed yesterday like thomas grice yaroslav halak uh eric comry you can go down the list names weren't great martin jones um, so I think that they at least did well in terms of getting two of the top-end goaltenders available uh, this season without having to give up assets. Uh, you know, they got Murray and a third-round pick and a seventh-round pick. So Sam Sonov, $1.8 million for one year, kind of a prove-it deal, a young goaltender that, you know, if they can just... It's harder to change a goaltender when they don't have the tangibles, but when you have... A guy like Sam Sonoff, who's a good skater at the goaltending position, really good on his edges. He's clinical, you know, very active in his crease. Those goaltenders, you just got to slow them down a bit. You just got to maintain their mechanics, and they could turn out to be real, real good and amongst the best. And we see that build kind of um, with, you know, most of the top goalies in the NHL, right? John Gibson's, the Samson, uh, sorry, the Saros's, um, you know, they're very active in their crease. They play an aggressive game, but. You know, they have, they have had some ups and downs in their career. Remember, Soros didn't come in the NHL lighting it up on fire. They kind of dialed it back in, work on the mechanics, and they found success. So I think Sam Sonoff here is a, definitely a name to watch. I wouldn't be surprised if he has a great season. Although I'm so excited that Matt Murray is in Toronto. I know that's uncommon, but I think Matt Murray is a guy that, you know, I think he's coming here with some vent, like wanting some vengeance. So I think Matt Murray has a lot to prove. I think he knows what he's up against. I think he wants to show people that he's still amongst the top goaltenders in the league, despite, you know, a pretty dramatic fall off with the end of the Pittsburgh Penguins career in him and what happened with Ottawa. I still think the Matt Murray that won two Stanley Cups uh, is definitely going to come here to Toronto and play his absolute heart out and give everything he has because. I think he knows that his NHL career hasn't been what he's wanted. I think he's now got a staff here that cares about the person itself. Obviously, losing his dad was who was a big part of him, and now getting a chance to work with John Elkin full time, a guy that you know he raves about. I think Matt Murray is definitely going to find success here. But now let's look at since free agency day two is here, uh, let's look at some names that the Leafs can potentially bring in still available on the market. Um, Nazem Kadri. No, I don't think he's coming back to Toronto. That would be an amazing move. Honestly, that would be insane. Uh, but no, Nazem Kadri is not coming to Toronto. Phil Kessel, though, maybe, you know, I don't think the fit is there anymore with this Toronto team and Phil Kessel. It'll be interesting. Obviously, the Leafs do need another forward. I don't like, you know, the way the, you know, the forward off the forward lines look right now at all. I think they're in definite use of a top winger or a top nine winger, shall I say. So I think Phil Kessel could be intriguing to replace the goals that the Leafs lost from Ilya Mikheyev and, um, you know, the other pieces as well, Spezza, and you go down the line, Blackwell and Kasha. So they're going to need to find some production. Um, you know, Dylan Strom's a name that's very common. I would love to see Dylan Strom in Toronto. I think that'd be cool. We know his relationship with Marner. We know he was a former Leaf fan. 
We know that he was just at the Jays game as well. Very passionate fan. Dylan Strome could play center and the wing. Uh, I think he would come in at probably $3 million, uh, AAV. So if the Leafs are able to create some flexibility by moving Kerfoot, I think uh, Dylan Strome would be a very intriguing piece here. Um, you know, I think that's a move that you're going to want to have for depth reasons. You lose a center early on in the season, you could put Dylan Strome uh, in, and he can be that kind of Swiss Army knife to play up and down your lineup. And I think you'd find success here in Toronto. Um, Danton Heinen's another potential option if the Leafs are willing to bring him in. Uh, had a good season with the Pittsburgh Penguins last year. Almost scored 20 goals. Former Anaheim Duck and Boston Bruin. Uh, kind of reminds me of Andre Kasha a bit. Injuries did hurt him at certain points in his career, but I still think he's got some talent. He's a good two-way forward, and you know he's a guy that can get you a lot of high-danger chances. He just has that McKay of kind of ability to him where sometimes you can't finish them. But if you can, if you really want to replace McKay of speed and kind of two-way game and that goal-scoring aspect as best as possible in the market right now, I think Dan Heinen might be that mold, and I don't think he'll come at a price too too high. So definitely a name to watch out for. Um, you know, under the table, Paul Stastny, potentially a veteran that could play center and left wing, really good for the bottom six, potentially play on your top six as well. But, uh, you know, we saw what we did with the Winnipeg Jets, some sneaky production. I don't mind him at all. I wouldn't mind this move at all. I think it'd be very interesting, especially because him being a veteran and being so flexible, could play the penalty kill too. And he can score at certain times when he's on his game and some nights are better than others. But Paul Stastny is definitely a guy that I would have at least some interest in. The next one is Evan Rodriguez, former of the Pittsburgh Penguins, as well as Dan Heinen. Rodriguez, Toronto-born, um, right winger. He could play center as well, right-hand shot. Uh, he had a nice start to the season with the Pittsburgh Penguins, a real nice start. Then it fell off dramatically in the second half. Started to figure it out again towards the end, but Evan Rodriguez uh, is a name that I think is very intriguing. Could play the right wing, like I said, play center. Plays a two-way game, can play on your penalty kill. Very good penalty kill player. Um, and you know, I think he's a guy that I think he's going to get a little bit more than what you probably feel comfortable with. So I don't know if that's the best fit here in Toronto, but I think Evan Rodriguez, after what he showed in the first half of last season, if you give him the opportunity, potentially on the second power play, um, you know, in your top nine, potentially your third line center, if you want to move David camp to your fourth line center, make your fourth line, a complete shutdown line. I think Evan Rodriguez is very intriguing. I think Rodriguez could play on that right wing with Austin Matthews. You move Mitch Marner down to the John Tavares line, and you let William Nylander finish off his season with. Uh, sorry, you let Mar um, Nylander continue his season, uh, the end, continue the end to last season on that line with David Camp and Kerfoot. Sorry, I can't speak today. Um, and you know, I really like that line because I liked how Nylander was able to drive his own play finally. So, I think that is a very interesting move. The next one now, Cal Yarncroke potentially, um, you know, two-way player, right winger, um, can also kind of play center, but didn't really get a lot of time at center in the last couple of seasons. Uh, plays the right wing, two-way guy, able for your penalty, uh, able to play your penalty kill. Uh, should come cheap after his uh, tenure in Calgary. Sonny Milano potentially from the Anaheim Ducks, you know, very creative player, it's very complimentary to your star players. Uh, who we have on your team. And I think he's going to get a little bit more AAV than the Leafs could afford. But that's definitely a guy that I've had linked to the Leafs. I think that's a really, really good fit here in Toronto, especially playing in that uh, left-wing slot on John Tavares' line. You put him with Mitch Marner and JT, I think that line could be 
real, real good. Sam Gagne, potential veteran option. We know him, former uh, Toronto Marlies player and, you know, minor hockey. So I think that move is cool. He's very good friends with John Tavares as they bought the, you know, Marlies organization. So I think that's cool. Um, you know, that's something I'm definitely very interested to see if that happens to kind of replace the Spets avoid. So I think, you know, Sam Gagne, definitely a name to watch out for, former Toronto Marley as well. Uh, you look down the list, Ryan Donato, maybe, Brian Boyle, veteran centers, Tyler Bozak. I really like Zach Aston Reese defensively. Playing on a line with David Camp would be absolutely amazing. But Engvall on the other wing, too. You have a real shutdown pair, a real puck possession based player, and uh, Zach Aston Reese. His ability to win pucks and battles in the corner is, is at an elite level. He's very good at remaining possession for your team. And this is a guy that the Penguins clearly prioritized, and that's a reason the Anaheim Ducks wanted him for Ricard Raquel. So definitely an interesting player here is Zach Aston Reese. I don't think uh, you know he's going to get quite the payday because he doesn't have that offensive production, but defensively he's a really sound winger and definitely a guy that I would love to see here in Toronto. Um, Tyler Mott, another guy that I would love to see here. Got good speed, a bit of a smaller guy. Complain your bottom six, but you know on the penalty kill he can be dangerous. Very high event player. Um, you know, he can get chances out of nothing sometimes. Like I said, that speed kills, right? So, um, it's a very fast game now. And, you know, Tyler Mott, things didn't go greatly with the New York Rangers. You know, obviously that was largely impacted by injury. But when he did play, especially in the playoffs, he was certainly making an impact. And that speed, I think, is something the Leafs could use here for sure in a player that can play the left wing and center. And I really like this move for the penalty kill. I think, uh, you know, that's something the Leafs like could improve on is their penalty kill now with uh, the loss of Ilya Mikheyev. So I think that's a name to look out for on the defensive side of things. PK Subban, potentially Calvin Dehan. I've already wrote an article about him dating back to mid season, Robert Hag, Victor Mete, and uh, you know, potentially Andy green as a veteran depth defenseman. The Leafs did talk about, they are looking at adding a depth defenseman. So PK Subban, I think would be an amazing fit. Obviously, you know, Subban isn't the player like he once was offensively and, you know, in terms of bringing the puck up the ice, but still a very physical defenseman able to play with your, you know, the other team's best. So I think PK Subban would be a very cool addition. All right. I think that's all for me today, folks. Calvin Hans, another name to look out for just before we go. But uh, thank you guys for listening to the Bowborn Leafs podcast. Um, you know, enjoy the rest of your day and, Let's see what the Leafs can do here in uh, the second day of free agency. Hopefully, they can bring in another good player. Hockey Cup! Hockey Cup! Hockey Cup!